I feel like, you know, I do like systems. I do think they're important to have to a degree. But I also think that, you know, we're humans at the end of the day and that human connection is the most valuable part of the whole real estate transaction. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey guys, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break, and here is a paid advertisement from a guy whose voice you might recognize. Do you want to invest in real estate without all the work? I mean, like incredible returns, massive tax savings, one of the best inflation hedges of all time without all those headaches that come with it. My name is Brandon Turner, a best-selling real estate author with over a million copies of my book sold. And this here is an ad. That's right, a crummy commercial. But I'm actually not selling anything. I'm offering something. You see, I run a real estate investment company called Open Door Capital, where we acquire what's called value-add real estate nationwide to earn great returns for passive investors just like you. We've acquired hundreds of millions of dollars in mobile home parks and apartments, and we recently sold our first fund where we earned our investors over a 35% internal rate of return. And while our past performance is obviously no guarantee of future results, we do believe our track record speaks for itself. Best of all, we have an amazing deal right around the corner right now. So be sure to sign up for our email list at investwithodc.com to be notified when it's open for investment. That's investwithodc.com. What's up, real estate rock stars? This is Stephanie Heiser filling in for the one and only Aaron Amuchastegui. And today I have the extreme pleasure of interviewing a New 2022 30 Under 30 recipient, Jennifer Romero from Hackensack, New Jersey. Jennifer, hey, thanks for being here. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so tell us when you got licensed, what your first year was like, and then catch us up to where you are now. Yeah, sure. So I first got licensed in 2017. My first year was definitely, you know, it was difficult, right? Being a new agent is, is rough, especially when you're 22 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you don't know a lot of people at 22 that are looking to buy a house or sell real estate. So that first year was, was something that, you know, it took a lot of, a lot of grit, a lot of determination, a lot of hard work, seven days a week, you know, really hustling to get those buyers, those renters, those sellers. So you were prospecting a lot because you're was pretty small being so young well yeah 22 you know sincerely I really didn't have a lot of people <laughs> that were looking to do much right so growing my business originally I, I really wanted to grow it organically but in the beginning it's difficult because you don't know anyone to grow it organically so I grew it through different platforms you know uh, real estate platforms like Zillow and lead generation online and social media and you know all of that helped me get into more of growing it organically. And as the years got went by, you know, once I started to get some renters, I turned them into buyers and then eventually met more people. And then networking really changed a lot for me. I, I met a lot of people in my sphere. That's amazing. So how long have you been licensed now? So it, I'm going on to my fifth year now. Sweet. And 
So you applied for 30 under 30. Can you walk us through what that process is like? Yes. So I applied for 30 under 30. And, you know, to be honest, I, when I applied, I said, oh, there's no way I'm getting this. You know, this, this is everyone thinks, right? Oh, there's no way I'm getting this. There's so many people applying. And, and I did get it. I, when I got the email that I was the finalist, I said, oh, my God, I, I, here I am. I actually made it. <laughs> and then when I got the email that I, you know, was one of the 30 under 30, I, I was like, this is great. Oh, my God. So applying for it, you do have to apply. You typically, you can send in a video. You, they look uh, you know, I submitted MLS records of everything you've sold. Um, they want sometimes letter of recommendations as well, which is something that I did as well. So I did get letter of recommendations and they pretty much just look at your background and, you know, similar to what you asked me, how I started, what I'm doing, what are you doing for the community? So I, I submitted all that in my application and, you know, here we are. That's so amazing. Congratulations. So thank you. Now that you are officially 30 under 30, what does it look like for the year you're nominated? Do you um, have opportunities to go to like speaking engagements? Do you go to conferences? Is it more of like just a magazine spread? How does that look? So it's been phenomenal. You know, I, I didn't even realize how many people would reach out because of it when it's like one of those things that you do. And then after you do it, you're like, oh, wow, this was, I'm glad I did this. So I have gotten a lot of uh, people reaching out to me from New Jersey. I'm actually the first person to win for New Jersey in six years. So yeah, <laughs> so I've had people just from my own um, community reach out to me and say, you know, congrats, Jen, like, this is a big deal. Thank God you got this. We put New Jersey back onto that map. So a lot of my New Jersey people were very happy. And, you know, it's, I've gotten a lot of different just congratulations and emails and interviews that are great. It's great to put out that story and how I did it, you know, because if I was able to do it, everyone can do it. It's just a matter of putting in that work to get there. Yeah, one of the things I really love about your story is you were talking about how your parents were immigrants and struggled you know, with language barriers and understanding uh, the rules and regulations of American real estate and kind of hitting that like American dream, quote unquote. And I love your passion for helping people get over that hurdle and to reach financial freedom or even just reach, you know, real estate and home ownership. And um, you said you do seminars in Spanish and connect your Spanish speaking buyers with other Spanish speaking professionals. So what does that look like? So, uh, yes, I, you know, my parents are immigrants and Spanish is their first language. Spanish was actually my first language, even though I was born here, but I grew up in the household speaking Spanish. So I was an ESL when I was a kid. And I realized very early on that, you know, sometimes there aren't the same resources being translated over. So they might miss information that maybe is very crucial to the whole process. So I decided when I went into real estate that I was going to put it out there in different ways. So I do like social media. I do, you know, TikTok, <laughs> TikTok videos in Spanish. I connect with other professionals. I have a very good uh, credit repair person that does a lot of uh, videos in Spanish. And so we, sometimes we go in together and do videos and explain short little tips that help consumers understand, you know, this real estate market and get that information because a lot of this does exist, but most of it's in English. 
So we try to get it out there in Spanish as well. And we've hosted, you know, uh, home buying one-on-one or, or home selling one-on-one seminars in person also, different events out there. So we just try to do different things, whether it's online or in person, to get the information out there. And then as far as connecting people, I am a big networker. I love networking. So I like to meet other professionals that are similar, you know, to me in the sense that they're also helping that community be able to translate and get the proper resources. So I like to connect with other attorneys. For example, New Jersey is a lawyer state. So with other attorneys that can help with the real estate process and the contracts and home inspectors, or perhaps, you know, title representatives or lenders. So I like to get everything covered. That's a really, really important value proposition and such an awesome niche to fit into and so empowering. I really love the power of real estate and using like my experiences. And like you said, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And um, just like, you know, sharing that knowledge with others and helping to empower and elevate them. So on um, why and how did you get into real estate? Did you like know a realtor and was like, hey, that looks easy and I want to make lots of money? And then <laughs> like everyone, like, right? The dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did it all start? So actually, I got into real estate. I really did not know anyone. <laughs> I didn't know, you know, I didn't come from a real estate oriented family or anything like that. So it was, it was extra hard because what had happened was I was in college and I was one of those people that I would switched around my majors. I kind of was going through it, but I wasn't sure what exactly I wanted to do. And then I reached pretty much a crossroads where I said, you know, I can't afford this anymore financially and I can't keep switching and, and I'm not even sure what I want to do. So I had actually always been in customer service for many years and I decided, you know, I, I like people, <laughs> I like talking to people and I already have a customer service background. And I, someone had one time mentioned to me, oh, you know, real estate license, you could get it. it. It doesn't require four years of school. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to look into that. And my father actually growing up, he had a construction company. So I was always very familiar with houses and I was always going to the job sites and helping him with his contracts. And again, you know, translating these legal documents with him and helping him. So I was comfortable with that. So I said, you know what, I'm going to try this out. And I did. I got the license and, you know, the rest is pretty much history. I got it. I decided right away to start. And originally, like most people, you know, I said, oh, I'll try this part time. And then when I can, I'll go full time. But real estate is very hard to do fully part-time, right? When you really want to excel, it's a 60, 80 hour a week job. It's not something you can really do 15, 20 hours. So I decided then that I would really do this full-time, launch myself for full-time. And it took me six months to close on my first property. So that was, you know, that was difficult because I didn't have a lot of funds and I had all these different bills to pay and I was working seven days a week. And I was like, we, we have to make this work. And, you know, it did. Once I sold that first one, got a few more referrals, kept it going. And it just, you know, the rest is history. Here we are. Yeah. So how many deals did you do your first year? My first year, I believe I did about 10 or 11 deals, which was, okay. I had made a goal Very for good. myself. And I said, I need to sell 10 houses <laughs> and I did it. <laughs> so, And that was basically done in six months since it took you. Right. Exactly. First. Exactly. That's pretty amazing. And then how many deals did you do last year in 2021? Last year, I did 42. 
And how many do you think you're on pace for for 2022? Well, I know I'm probably not part of the popular goal setting. I know a lot of realtors talk about goal setting. I am not necessarily the person that says, you know, I need to, if I did 40 this year, I have to do 60 next year. I don't necessarily say that. I mean, I'd love to do more, right? Everybody always wants to improve their numbers every year, but I don't put myself into that box. I try to just focus on doing better, learning more, because when you learn more and you improve your trade, the rest just comes along with it. Yeah, I think that's a really smart point. It's great to have goals, right? but also to focus on the process. So my first year, I had zero clue how many houses I sold. I just like suddenly was mega busy. And then um, when I reached like icon status in my brokerage, I was thoroughly shocked. I thought that email was a mistake. And I then like reached out to them and was like, I think this is wrong, or maybe is this an application? And then I sat down and my husband like made a spreadsheet for me and we counted and was like, Oh, my goodness, how did that even happen? And that was 54 my first year. And that is not my goal. Like if I can make the same amount of money with doing a lot less transactions and saving my sanity, that's awesome. Right. (laughs) Right, right. No, of course. Yeah. And real estate's a tough career. You know, you you work a lot and you have to juggle a lot, right? There's a lot of different hats that we wear. So it's something that I don't necessarily put in more numbers. I just try to do better, be a better version of myself every year. That's really amazing. And your 30 under 30 platform will really help. And those will be goals and experiences that don't add to your numbers of transactions, but it's an invaluable experience. And you're right, it will make you a more knowledgeable, more connected agent. And that is really super amazing. So what, when you joined, were you on a team? And then did you join a team or switch teams or brokerages in your five year career so far? So when I first started off, I actually started um, at a local Keller Williams office. I did start as a sole agent. And uh, I initially started there, you know, just trying to learn everything and anything, going to all those different trainings and events. And then a few months later, when I really said, you know, I have to make this work, I met Martin, who is now my business partner, and he had a small team. And he said, you know what, why don't you consider joining a team? So I did. I went over to Remax and I loved Remax. I loved everything the brand had to offer me here in this area. And so we were there and we decided, you know what, we'll build this team together. So within a different office, we started to build the team out and we had two more agents join. And then, you know, last year we said, okay, you know what, maybe we're at this point where we could open up our own office. We can shift into a different direction and open up our own office, which we did. So our office, Remax Lifestyles, uh, was established a year ago, and now we're 10 agents in total. Wow, that is a massive scaling very quickly on your team side. (laughs) Do you have a broker's license as well? Yes, I did get my broker's license last year, right before we opened up the office. Very cool. So what do you think your goals are for the future? Do you have, I know you're not the goals person numbers wise, (laughs) but what will it look like in the near future or down the road? Do you have a vision of where you'd like to go next or any thoughts of like pivoting or changing your business at all, or just taking it day by day? So I 
you know, I am uh, very much so practice what you preach type of person, right? So I, I love investments. I love real estate. I own a two family home as well. So I want to, in this part of my career, I want to continue, you know, improving my trade, being a realtor, because at the core, I'm a realtor. I love selling houses, but I'm also a broker now. So I like to train other individuals, especially the newer agents, the young agents that were in my shoes at one point that really don't have all those resources yet or the knowledge and they're just kind of getting their feet wet and they need that help, that hand holding. I like to be that person for them and say, you know what, this is what I did and take a little piece of that and take a little piece of this and apply it and make it your own. So for the future, I would say I want to focus a lot just still on my sales, still, still being a realtor, but also on that mentorship that I can provide other agents as well and real estate investing because I love real estate investing. I love real estate in itself. Yeah, me too. I started with investing and got my license simply to sell my first like flip. Of course, now looking back, I wish I would have kept that house and refied <laughs> and used my refinance money to buy another property right, and right. scale that way. But as my husband always says, the second best time to plant a tree is today. Mm-hmm. So we're... Right starting to build our rental portfolio now. So what, um, so you own a duplex and, um, and then you're looking to grow your investment portfolio. Do you have plans for sticking with multifamily or a short-term rental, a big thing in New Jersey? So over here in New Jersey, uh, this specific area, we're about 20 minutes from New York City. So uh, there's a lot of different popular things you can do. You can do short-term rentals. You could do like vacation rentals, like Airbnb and all those. You can rent it out if you want just to a regular tenant. You can, there's a lot of flipping over here as well. So personally, I really like rentals. I prefer to keep it, you know, rent it or do Airbnb as well. Those are great because again, the location is prime over here. So that's my goal is really to hold, to have more investments to hold and not really flip them per se. I'll sell them, but I'll, I'll keep, you know, the ones that I want to keep. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on its massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. 
All right, so here's an offer. You guys are going to get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now, I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. And what do, what do you know? Best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. So for short-term rentals, do you have a lot of clients that are buying short-term rentals in your market or do you have a lot of locals buying their first-time homes? Like what does your clientele typically look like? So the clientele around here is uh, pretty, I would say it's pretty much more geared towards uh, buyers that are and users that are home buyers that they want to live there. A lot of the people that buy in this area usually come from New York City. They decide that they want to be in the suburbs. We're technically considered, even though it's New Jersey, we're technically considered a suburb of New York because we're so close. So a lot of the the people that end up buying over here, a lot of them still work in New York or they're coming from New York. So this is just a great place to live. Everything is very close. It's very diverse. There's a lot to do around here. So most of the people buying are to, to actually live here, home buyers. What is the average sales price in your market? I would say in my market right now, right, it's, it's gone up a lot since COVID happened. Right now, the average you're looking at for like a three bedroom, two, two bath house would be around 450 to 550 in this area. Wow, that's less than what I anticipated being right outside of New York. And um, are you mainly working with buyers or sellers? Are you guys about 50-50? How does your team divvy up the clients that come in? So I would say at this point in my career, I do probably about 70% sellers, 30% buyers. I love buyers. I just, for some reason, I've gotten a lot of sellers. It's kind of been that repeat business that, you know, the neighbor refers me and then I sell the house next door. So luckily, thankfully, I have gotten a lot of business like that, but I do do about 70% sellers and 30% buyers right now. Do you have a system in place for um, reaching back out to your sphere now that you have built up your business? Do you do like pop buys or mailers? How do you guys generate new clients as well as maintain the connections with your past clients? So I, you know, like I said, I'm not a big systems person, but I keep it old school. What I do is I have an Excel sheet. <laughs> I have everybody that I've ever, every address I've ever sold, everyone I've ever sold to. And I try to keep it very personal. A lot of these people I still keep in touch with. I like to call them. I like to send out like those happy anniversary cards every year. Uh, just reach out, see if I can help them with anything. A lot of times my clients come back to me just for some advice or what they can do with the market or what they can do with their rentals or anything like that. And we just keep in touch, you know, for Christmas, I always send something or for different holidays, we send something and just talk to them. And we do do mailers as well, as far as generating new business. I've had a lot of success with mailers, but we try to combine both methods, you know, online and the mailers and the old school techniques. 
do you get a lot of business from your social media? You know, I don't do social media in the way that I know some realtors do as far as getting new business. What I do is I have a lot of my past clients on social media and I continually post on there and I end up getting a lot of repeat referral business from them because I'm constantly being put in front of them, right? I keep putting up, oh, I have a new listing. I have, I just helped this buyer. I just helped this person do this. So they, they consistently see me and they end up usually contacting me because they saw something that maybe their cousin might be interested in or their neighbor or, you know, something along those lines. And when you do your seminars, are, and you said those are sometimes in person, sometimes in, online, what was your first seminar like? And then what was your most successful seminar like? The most successful ones usually are online, right? Because you can reach a lot of people um, online as you can only reach a certain amount. You're capped, right? In person, you can only have really 20, 25 people. You can't have much more. Online, you can easily have a thousand people stream on and, and see you. So my most successful ones have been online. Uh, the first one, you know, definitely is very nerve wracking. <laughs> you're there, you're, you're being asked questions, and you're just trying to keep up with the pace of everything. But they, they are great. Um, I've done them even on TikTok with different professionals. We, we've teamed up together to just provide, you know, we'll have sometimes like an accountant, also a mortgage lender, and then I'll be there for the real estate side. And we, we like those because you get, you know, questions live on and what is being asked and what's going on in this market and you can just kind of talk to them about what's going on wait what is going on in your market are you guys getting multiple offers and everyone is like getting outbid by cash buyers are a lot of people like selling in new york and moving to your town with cash and having more space for a much lower price point what does it look like so you hit it right on the nail. You know, it's in New York. A lot of the New Yorkers are selling in New York and they decide that they'll get more for their money in New Jersey. So we have a lot, huge influx of people coming in from New York into this particular area of New Jersey. And, you know, the market right now, like you said, like most of the country is experiencing, it's, it's, it's tough for buyers. It's, it's definitely a very competitive market. Sellers are getting top dollar. Right. And, and buyers, typically a home here, if I just had to throw out a number, I mean, there's usually for a house about eight to 15 offers on just a normal home around here. So that's it, it's made for a very tough competitive market for buyers. What do you do to get your buyers offers accepted? So, you know, I think the biggest the biggest key there is to educate the buyer correctly and to set proper expectations. You know, we have a lot of HGTV, so we have a lot of people that think it's very easy. They just go in and they put in an offer and that's it. And unfortunately, I hate to be, you know, a Debbie Downer, but I do like to be realistic. So I do like to coach them. I do like to educate them and say, you know, this is what the market's like. Let, let me show you. Let me explain to you. So I think education is key so that you can properly set those expectations. And then once you actually have that offer ready to go, it's just, you know, here, usually what you're seeing a lot is different contingencies, what you can maybe play around with in the contingencies, what you can do to make the offer stronger, perhaps getting sometimes here you see like a full commitment on the pre-approval as opposed to just like a pre-qualification or just the normal pre-approval. So there's different tips and tricks, but I think it's number one being also a very, uh, very big on communication with your client and also with the other agent, right, that you call the other agent, you explain 
what the story is, what they're offering, and you know what you could do to help. And when you're representing the seller, how do you help them navigate multiple offers? I know a lot of sellers just want to gravitate towards the highest price. But as agents, I think a lot of our job is, like you said, educating them and saying like, okay, the highest price looks great, but let's check their proof of funds. Let's see if it's a reputable lender, if the lender has already gone through underwriting, or did they simply just get their pre-approval by writing in their own numbers <laughs> on the internet, and then two seconds later, they get a pre-approval. I know in my two markets, everyone is really big on local lenders, or at least reputable lenders that- We are here too. Okay. And um, how else do you help the sellers navigate that big stack of offers? So with sellers, usually what I do is I typically like, and I'm a very face-to-face -face type of person, so I do like to sit down with them and say, you know what, let's go over everything. So, you know, if you have 20 offers, it's very important that you look at everything. Usually in those scenarios, you typically have, let's say, of 25 that are very strong and the rest might not be as strong, right? So we go through everything and we look at exactly like you said, the highest offer might not be the best offer. Sometimes you have to look at the financing, if there are any contingencies, if that person has to sell their home to buy this home, you know, that might not be the most favorable offer, even if they're the highest or what type of financing they're doing, what's their down payment, what's their deposit, right? If it's a local lender, if it's a reputable lender, if it's somebody that, you know, that you trust that you can tell them, hey, you know, this is a local lender that knows the market here. It's not a lender that's located five states away. So just different things that you can talk to them and then help them choose what offer they feel the most comfortable with. Do you ever have any of your lenders reach out to listing agents or as a listing agent, have you had lenders that reach out to vouch for the client or help build that rapport as well? Yes, I like to work with lenders that will do that. I know that's not always the most popular with mortgage lenders, but I feel as the listing agent, when I receive calls from the lender, I know that that means that the lender is really involved that they're really looking at the file, that they care as much as the realtor cares, that they're not just, you know, issuing that pre-approval out and calling it a day. So they're really invested. So I like to, when I'm submitting an offer for a buyer, I always let the listing agent know, hey, you know, this person might be reaching out to you. If not, you can also always reach out first if you'd like as well. And they're just going to talk to you a little bit and let you know that they can assure you and your seller that they have really triple checked everything, the entire file, and this person is ready to go. So I do yeah, like that. that's exactly what I've started doing. I also have started shortening the escrow period. Like if the sellers, you know, live there, if it's a vacant house, especially like let's blow through escrow as fast as we can. While of course having our inspections and doing things thoroughly, but sometimes in a 30 day escrow we have like a good 10 days where there's nothing new happening. Like we right. could close. So I have been having a lot of success with having buyers have a 21 day escrow period. And then maybe a 21 day rent back where the sellers don't have to pay to be there, but they have their cash and can start like hiring a moving company or getting someone to help them pack or having that down payment for their next house. 
So are you guys allowed to do that in New Jersey? Is we are allowed. Yeah, we are allowed. I definitely do include that in many of my offers. And I say, if that's something, sometimes the seller wants to simply close and just be done with it. But a lot of times they, they need that extra time. They might actually need two or three weeks, or maybe they need a month or three months. So I always have that conversation first with the buyer to see if that's even feasible. And then if I can present it, I will present it because it, it definitely helps. And I think that it's very reassuring for the seller to know, okay, we're closing the money's in the bank. And now you can do what you have to do with that and take that next step while still being still having housing, right? I think a lot of sellers in this market are scared that if they go to sell, where are they going to go? Because they know that the inventory is so low. <laughs> so that's something that definitely helps a lot that we, we've definitely done that here a lot. That's, Really cool. Is there anything you would say to a new agent starting out in this crazy market? Like how, where to go? How do they know what to follow or what advice would you give a rookie in this insane market? This market is definitely insane. And I think for a lot of agents, it's exhausting, right? For everyone, whether you're, you're seasoned or new, you know, it is very exhausting. Um, I would tell a new agent, you know, really, you have to, you can't give up. I tell the agency, you cannot give up. If you need to take a break, you take a break. If you need to take your, you know, maybe a week and just kind of recharge your batteries and come back, you take it or take a walk if you need a couple hours, but you always have to, you know, keep it going and not give up. And in this market, I think the most important is, like I said, set those realistic expectations with your buyers, give them that education upfront. So that they know what to expect, but also to to keep looking, try to find maybe off market deals, keep your ears out, your ears open, talk to other agents, perhaps that other agent you spoke to might have a listing coming up that could work for your buyer, try to find different ways outside of the box to keep that deal alive or to get that buyer that home that they're looking for, because it can be tough for buyers. Hey guys, this is Aaron Muchistegui for another quick commercial break. But this is something a lot of you guys have been asking about. When we had our mastermind in May, we had a lot of people ask us about coaching, about how can we continue this process? Because so many of the people, so many of you guys out there listening to the podcast, you don't have resources where you are. You don't have other people nearby that can be mentors for you, that you can bounce ideas off of. And this business can be really, really lonely if you're not doing it with other people. So we have just now launched a great program for you and it's just Hyman Digital Coaching. It's it's Real Estate Rockstars Coaching. And here's what we do. We've got a we've got a spot you can go to. You go to realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching. We have individual one-on-one coaching where if you sign up, we match you up with a coach and we figure out like who's going to be the best coach for you for a couple calls a month. It's not that much money. It's I think it's going to be 950 bucks a couple calls a month with a coach that's been where you're going and they're gonna try to help you. And then we also have group coaching for a lot less where you can sign up and you can get in group coaching with groups of 10. And we can do calls every couple weeks uh, with different people that'll guide you through that process. So if you've been getting a lot from this mastermind, but you think you would get a little bit more for some one-on-one coaching from somebody who is has been exceeding in real estate, go to realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching and sign up. We can't wait to find somebody to help you. You are so strategic. I love that. That I think is the most important trait in this market for a successful agent is to be super strategic. 
So how would someone find an off-market property when you tell your new agent, you know, that idea, which is really smart, but how, where, how do I make that happen? Well, you know, there's different ways of doing it. One of the ways that I actually really, really enjoy, because again, I like talking to strangers on the street, but you know, you could door knock if you're doing maybe an open house down the down the street, perhaps door knock on that block and just say, hey, you know, this house is for sale. It might not even be your listing. You could just say this house is for sale at this price. You know, it's, it's a record price. And I have a lot of buyers looking around here. Maybe if you would consider selling, I could, you know, offer this buyer the home, take them for a tour. And you'd be surprised how many people actually are considering. They just might not know what steps to take. They might not be ready to make that call. So you're already putting yourself out there in front of them, no pressure, just say, hey, I'm already down the street. That's one of the methods I like to use. And then other ways of doing it, you know, there are, you can even just go on Facebook. There's people every day asking to talk to a realtor to get an evaluation, things like that, to just find different ways of, of talking and getting these, getting yourself in front of people, really. That's number one. Thank you so much for all of those tips. So in May, we are having the first ever Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind, and it would be amazing if you could come. But for sure, next year, we've got to get you on stage. So you heard it here first. Jennifer Romero is going to be on stage with the <laughs> second annual Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind. This year, it is in Austin, and our speakers are giving value but also like we're going to receive it as well. Everyone is there. Every person who bought a ticket to attend, every speaker, everyone has something to give. And if you were going to a mastermind, what tips or tricks would you be looking at? Like what would help you grow or expand your business or your personal or professional life now? I would say the biggest tips that I would be looking for is just different ways to be creative. You know, this is a very competitive field, very competitive market. So there are a lot of things that you can learn from other agents that what they're doing across the country, right? Because although the market seems to be the same everywhere across the United States, it's competitive, they're still a little bit different. And perhaps there's different ways to get your message across to a buyer, seller, a renter, what we can do to just be innovative, to be different, because more importantly, it's about, you know, providing that quality service to that person. So I like to hear what other people are doing and then that way try to apply it in my own way. So I think that for me is the biggest. And of course, new, um, new apps or new things that help us kind of make our job a little bit easier as well. Right. Efficiency is what I'm always looking for yeah. anything to just be more efficient. And like you, I'm not that typical agent that works in the world of goal setting and like my daily schedule needs to be regimented or having a lot of like structure and having a system in place to where it's all working smoothly. I'm totally working on that, but I just, love to just do it and go for yeah, it. Yeah, I am the same way. I feel like, you know, I do like systems. I do think they're important to have to a degree. But I also think that, you know, we're humans at the end of the day. And that human connection is the most valuable part of the whole real estate transaction. That's the quote right there. Human connection is the most valuable part of the real estate transaction. 
Yep. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jennifer. It was such a pleasure. Congrats on getting 30 under 30. That's a huge accomplishment. Thank you you so much. Tell us where the listeners can find you, where they can connect with you. Yes, they can connect with me if they want on Instagram. It's a very, very easy name, Remax Jennifer. (laughs) Or they can find me on Facebook. They can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm always willing to connect and I love, love meeting other agents across the country. So even worldwide, I have met agents from other countries as well. So I love connecting. I love bouncing different ideas off of each other. Anybody that wants to reach out, I'd be more than happy to speak to them. That's amazing. Thank you at Remax Jennifer. Thanks for listening, Rockstars. See you next time. Bye. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com and if you want to chat with me go find me on Instagram if you come find me on Instagram you can send me messages tell me what you want to hear tell me what you liked what you didn't like we try to put a bunch of content out there too you can find me in two different places it's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things thanks for listening we'll see you again soon This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.